With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, fight fans. You're listening to BTR Boxing Podcast with me, Sean Basto, and our co-host, Jordy Neald. Before we begin the episode, there's a couple of things that I want you to do. I want you to go onto Apple Podcast, subscribe. If you're not on Apple and you're on Android instead, go to someone like Podbean or Castbox and subscribe to us on there. Find all our latest episodes, like the ones to watch, like the Legendary Nights and the Life and Times of, and the new series, The Promoter Life. Also, Make sure you find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and Facebook BTR Boxing Podcast. I also want to take the opportunity to give a shout out to our sponsor for the podcast, which is Bear Attack Boxing. But Bear Attack Boxing are a new company in the industry who specialise in high quality boxing gloves. So I want you to go over and have a quick look at their website, which is www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. If you're looking for some new gloves for the new year, new me start, you want to get over there and get some of their high quality products you can get a discount up until the 12th of january by entering the code bab2019 for a discount on them high quality gloves you can also find them at attack boxing on twitter and on facebook bear attack boxing enjoy the episode fight fans Welcome, fight fans, to episode four of Ones to Watch. Now, in this episode, we've got welterweight prospect and super welterweight prospect Adrian Martin on the show today to talk about his career into boxing. He currently sits at nine and zero with two knockouts on his record, and he fights in the southern region, potentially looking at fighting for a southern area title by the end of 2019. 
he wants what everybody wants as a fighter. He wants to achieve. He wants to re- realise his dream. He's been through some ups. He's been through some downs. He'll talk about that during the episode about his life, going into boxing, some of the troubles he had as a child, what it was like on his professional debut, what it was like in the amateur game. Really great story behind it all and a really great guy to speak to. So here it is, Wants to Watch, episode number four, Adrian Martin. So I'm delighted to say I've got Adrian Martin on the phone, sat in his BMW, parts up, ready to do this episode. How are you doing, Adrian? I'm doing really well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, no, it's great to get you on and, and get you, you know, get your story across to, to our listeners of our podcast and people that may not know you, you know, up and down the country. Because I was saying before we started recording, you do a lot of the fights that you're in or involved in uh, are down south, they're at the York Hall, or I know you've been at the O2 on one occasion as well. So, you know, it'd be good to yeah. kind of get different people people exposed to yourself really and, and get to know you as a person you know I, I want to hear about your story and it's uh, I think really the, the first place I want to start with is uh, you know what when was the first time you you went to a boxing gym what what was it that took you to a boxing gym I, I, I love boxing I mean since I was probably about four years old my granddad bought me a little boxing set and I was like just hitting this hitting this bag with my gloves on and everything like it was pretty but I know it's not it was I wasn't a part of a club or anything um, I just loved it. I always, always, always loved it, and uh, I started did loads of different martial arts growing up. But they never had that proper sparring martial art. It's always like very limited contact. So I lose, I'd fall out of love with them for a long while. And then I really wanted to get into boxing when I was about eleven or twelve because I, I was getting bullied quite bad, and I wanted to get tough. And I actually, I was actually oh, for someone who who didn't box, I could actually box all right. You know, when I'd spar my friends yeah. uh, in my back garden, when my dad would let us put the gloves on and stuff, I, I could fight. And um, and then I just really wanted to pursue it. But I went to this um, uh, boxing club uh, just outside Abingdon. It was inside an RAF barrack. I mean, when you're 11 years old and you're slamming a five kilo medicine ball in your ab and you're getting winded every time, it's like boxing is not for you. Not at that age. But it, put, it, it really turned me off it because I was just too young to be going through that sort of brutal training. You can do that as an adult, but it, these guys, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I won't speak ill of them, but they just didn't, didn't coach juniors very well, you know? Juniors aren't seniors. You, you, can't, you can't go smash your medicine balls on an 11-year-old. So it put you off a little bit then uh, at that point in yeah. your life? Unfortunately, it did, yeah. It put me off for a, for, for a little while, and then I, I fell in love with other sports. I played basketball for my county for a couple of years, then I, I got into athletics. I was a 400-meter runner for about four and a half years, and uh, I played rugby as well. Um, so I, I, I was I was, like, I was quite into that for a long time. And then uh, when I was 17, I was just, you know, like, I've been, I've, been through, I've been through a bit of a bad time at school. I'd suffered lots of problems with mental health. I've been sectioned. I was getting in trouble in fights all the time. Uh, I've been arrested more times than I can count at that point. Uh, I just wasn't in a good place. And um, I, I wanted to, 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 at first, initially, it was just to get tougher. And, uh, and then I just fell in love with the sport. I, I just absolutely loved everything about it. The hard work, the discipline, um, the, the fighting itself, the training, the sparring was, was the, the thing that sold it to me the most. It was just, it was great. It was really good getting into it. And, um, and it sort of helped keep me out of trouble you know after having got out of hospital when I was 14 uh, I was 15 when they let me out um, I, my life could have gone one way or could have gone 
straight back. So it kept, helped me keep disciplined. Uh, I've got into university and I was studying accounting and finance. Um, and that's where I had my first damage about when I was at university. So amateur career then, let's talk about it. What what did you yeah. what did you make of it when you first started out in the amateur? Because obviously you've got the head the headgear on, you've got the, the the bigger gloves on, and obviously you go to like these little clubs and you you know you box against guys from you know young lads from other clubs that are sort of in a similar position to yourself. What was it like for you when you first stepped in the ring to do that? So yeah, it was, it was interesting. I knew nothing about amateur boxing other than the Olympics. Other than the Olympics, I didn't know what the ABAs were or anything. Yeah, so I didn't really know what the best clubs around were or. Or really too much about boxing, so it was, it, it was sort of a stroke of luck that some of my friends from college uh, went to amateur clubs um, because otherwise I, I may have ended up in the wrong white collar unlicensed club. Not that I slayed it at all, because coached by the right people, some white collar clubs and unlicensed clubs are better than amateur clubs, and they have better boxers. It all comes down to who's coaching in what gym. But when you first start, you're completely naive to it. I, I actually had the fortune of starting out. A pretty decent amateur boxing club with uh, Billericay ABC, uh, where I learned a few basics. But because of the training days, I couldn't commit there. And then I, I went over to the amateur boxing club in Chelmsford for a little while. Um, it, it was, I, you know, it was the structure was was awful, and um, I just sort of I went there to train because I loved boxing, but it, it it wasn't wasn't the club for me. And then I went off to university, and uh, I met my first ever coach, uh, Gordon Charlesworth. And the reason I say this is my first ever coach is because the first person who really taught me boxing and took me through to the next levels and really helped me understand how hard this sport can be and how good this sport can be. I went through a lot with with Gordon. I had my first 17 bouts with him and uh, I won my first championship with him winning the British University Championships in, I think, 2011 to 2012 season. So, um, yeah, he he, he taught me a lot and... uh, that, it was at that point I knew boxing was, was really all that I wanted to do. I, I, I really fell in love with the sport. I didn't really enjoy my studies. I hated accounting and finance. It was uh, it was boring. Sat there reading all day and doing numbers all day. It was just, it was, it was a headache. And um, I ended up leaving university. Um, took on a few other jobs. Went back to doing accountancy work. Was um, about to start my charter. And I decided that sort of life, that working in a suit life, and all of that was really not for me and the only thing that I really was passionate about was boxing it's stolen all my thoughts if you know what I mean everything was boxing and um, yeah I was uh, at that time when I was working uh, working in accounts and everything after I'd left university I'd gone over to uh, Brentwood Youth Amateur Boxing Club which at the time was uh, the, the best amateur club in Essex by a country mile these boys they had everyone there and the coach there Joe Taylor uh, he's still my coach today. Um, I had a really good bond with him at the club, and he's taught me so much there is to know about boxing. Like I learned a lot with Gordon at first, and he really got some real mental strength in me. But I feel like Joe Taylor's like technical wizard. He's taught me so much. I mean, you look at his uh, CV as an amateur coach. He's had two senior elite ABA champions, and the, the rest like he's had female ABA champions, and the list goes on. Um, junior ABA champions champions and everything it's he's he's a fantastic coach and i feel very privileged that now it's, we're on a journey just me and him um and uh yeah it was uh when i was working working in accounts that i decided that the best thing for me was was to turn pro and to just give my honest best effort 
I, I'd had 28 amateur fights. I boxed in the Harringay Box Cup, boxed in the ABAs uh, a few times, um, and I could mix it up with anyone. And I just wanted to. I was sick of the bad decisions in amateur boxing as well. I mean, you, you talk to anyone who's boxed amateur, they'll all tell you the same story. You know, at one point or another, they beat someone up and lost. Yeah. And so, the only way they could have drawn was to knock them out. Yeah, it seems to be a you bit know? of a recurring theme that doesn't it in amateur boxing? Yeah. Uh, it, and then the thing is, I know boxing is, is it's all on a different perspective and, and everything. But I mean, sometimes it just is just ridiculous, you know. And you got to question people's integrity sometimes. And it's sad that you you have to do it, especially in a sport that is amateur and it is not about money. It, it happens in pro boxing, as we see with Tyson Fury, that at least they got paid a good few million. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is the big difference, you know I mean? always, isn't it, when you're at that level, is you might get the draw, but you think you've won the fight, but you're still walking away with uh, a hell of a lot of money at the end of it. At least you're compensated in yeah. some way or another. Your pride might be hurt, but at least you, your wallet isn't, no? Yeah, exactly. So going back to your amateur career then, just quickly touching on it, was there any yeah. notable names that you could tell us about that you, you shared the ring with in the amateurs? No, I don't. Not, not that I fought. I don't really think I fought any notable names. There's some lads that were good that did well in the ABAs and stuff but no I, I didn't I didn't come across anyone I think when I was boxing open class the, the big names that, that were boxing then they were either on, on GB so GB wouldn't put them out or um, they were uh, they would only get they would only fight when championships came about so you have to rely on good judging <laughs> yeah uh, and that's, yeah. that's pretty hard to come by as well isn't it yeah so yeah I mean it is what it is, what it is isn't it you know um it's uh, I, I would have li- I really would have liked to but I mean these guys I, I've sparred them you know I've sparred uh, some of the best in the world I've sparred world champions and stuff and I, and I know where, I know where I'm at as a boxer and I know I'm not uh, world level yet I'm going to say yet and I'm, who knows if I'll, I'll make it there but I, I can see it's achievable to, to box at that standard of boxing uh, it, it just takes a lot of hard hard work and it takes a lot of time I think the best lad I've ever sparred is Josh Taylor. Who's gone on to do a lot. I've probably done 100 rounds of Josh Taylor. He is fantastic. I mean, he he just does everything a little bit better than everyone else. Do you know what I mean? And he's showing it, isn't he, at the moment as well? Yeah. I mean, he punches really hard for a light welter. You know, he punches really hard for a light welter. But it's not that it's an overly powerful fud. It's the snap and the fud. I think, you know, if he could pull that power up two weights heavier... I wouldn't like to spar him because <laughs> that, 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 that guy would be a knockout artist. Well, he is a knockout artist as it is, but yeah, he'd, he'd be carrying, carrying, like knocking out a lot of big people as well. But let's talk about your Mate. pro career then, Adrian. Let's have, a, let's have a chat about that and see you know, where you are. Yeah. You're, you're currently 9 and oh at the moment with two knockouts on your record. You started in 2015, back end of 2015 was your debut yeah. at the York Hall. What was it like making that professional debut? What, were the, what was the feeling going into it? It was amazing. I mean, when you first turn professional, you're like, you're filled up with a lot of delusions because you've got an idea of how your career is going to go or how professional boxing works, but you don't actually know about it till you're, till you're in the business, if you know what I mean. But you're so buzzing. You've just become a professional in something you love. Your training camp is so spot on. It's probably 10 weeks too much training you need. For, I mean, for especially for a four-round fight, you're doing 10 weeks training too much. But with me, when I turned pro, I, I, I signed my contract and, and everything in like... 
July or June with, with Steve Goodwin. And I just spent months and months and months changing from an amateur style to a professional style. And, um, and that's what Joe was really good with. And, I, and, and we found that I'd much suit, I, I much more suited the pros than I did the amateurs. All that quick, quick, quick point scoring stuff, it just it wasn't for me. That, that wasn't my style of boxing, just, um, just tapping in quick shots and and moving, working at 100 miles an hour. And I, and as an amateur, I couldn't really punch all that hard because I was never really sat there to... to, to I was never really sat on my shots enough to, to deliver a proper punch or because um, it was all so rushed. Um, you know, being tall and slim, you, you don't really get the time to sit down on the shots. But as a pro, you can sit on them, you can think. And although I've not got really a puncher's record, yeah, I've, I've put two away and I probably should have put more away and I nearly have... But I know I can hit a hell of a lot harder than what I did, and uh, I much prefer much prefer the longer rounds, um, the time to think, uh, the um, even the, the, the people coming at you with bad intentions, not just trying to tap tap and that punch is scoring, but then having no effect. If you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. And, and Joe really took a lot of time to, well, I was tall and I was used to standing up tall to get me to bend my knees and, and sit lower on my shots, to get my hand and trunk defences working a lot better. And it made me a lot more confident as a boxer because I've always had a really good chin, but I was never really confident enough to, I'm not saying you should use the fact that you've got a good chin, but knowing you've got a good chin, you can be, you, you can be a bit braver with the shots you look for, the shots you throw, you know. And um, now I've, I'm more confident to just tuck up and return rather than always look to run away because that's what it was like in the amateurs. You've got to move off, score your points and move and this, that and that. It just, it was my, spending a good like five, five months just preparing for my pro debut was it was brilliant just all the work we put in 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 that time was i mean he was training me five times a week even before we started properly going hard for for my uh for my pro debut uh considered doing a an unlicensed fight before just to get a a, a test on selling tickets and fighting with our head guys but i just said the same thing for nah, uh, just focus everything on, on turning pro and and uh, I was sparring developed at this point and then, then we started properly training for my uh, for my debut and uh, a good friend of mine Scott Douglas uh, was basically my, my sparring partner throughout the whole uh, the whole process and I learned so much of him because he was a bit of a seasoned pro and um, yeah it really helped prepare me for the debut and then coming out having everyone there who bought tickets and just a crowd cheering for you and, and everything it was like this is my moment this is my time to shine and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy it. And I enjoyed it. I beat Agiza having his debut as well, a fellow called Gabor Balog. He's gone down the journeyman route, but I tell you that we both wanted to win that fight. Yeah, both of us on our debuts. It was a cracking fight, you know? And um, yeah, no, it was the best feeling ever. But winning your pro debut is like, it's, oh, I can't even describe it. It's amazing. You've gone on now, Adrian. You've got nine fights under your belt now. And, you, you know, you, you've got the experience now. You've moved up from four rounds to six rounds in your last two fights uh was that was there any difference in that because i mean you can, i can imagine you probably train you know uh, for a, a, a lot more rounds in the gym but moving them extra two rounds up was it any different in your last two fights 
Um, no, I do the rounds easily, uh, and that's not saying it big-headedly. I'm I'm quite a fit guy, so doing the doing the longer rounds it works in my favour. I get better as the rounds go on. Uh, the more more rounds there are, the better it is for me. I was supposed to do an eight rounder in my fifth fight where I boxed for a challenge belt, and uh, yeah, I, well, I stopped him in four. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, six rounders are, are great. Yeah, no, it's, it's no no real difference than than four rounds. You just get into the fight more. It's more. It's a better feeling. You feel like you've had a proper fight. The more rounds you do, the better the better it feels. I think. You take your time a little bit more though, as well, can't you? You can take your time a little bit more. You don't have to rush. Yeah, but not just that. When you come out of it, you battled. You know, if I, if I go and have a twelve, a ten rounder or a twelve rounder, hopefully down the line I'll be having them. Um, you're going to come out and you've battled. Win, lose or draw, just that feeling of of having battled it out, and and you both come out. You're both victorious in your own way, you know. Um, obviously, you want the win. It goes without saying. But that that feeling there of, uh, of doing that long distance, being able to do that long distance and digging deep. And like, I don't want to have every fight a toe-to-toe war battle. I, I'll end up punchy. I really don't want that. But when you have a fight like that, it's, it's like it's, I, I want to, at one point in my career, I want to have a fight like that. I want to be pushed to do that because so far I, I suppose I've played a bit safe with some opponents I've um, I've been outboxing them comfortably enough to not have to go looking for a knockout because throwing your row away against someone who doesn't deserve it is um isn't good is it yeah no definitely you know not I mean? yeah yeah no it's not, not like a, not like i'm being overly cautious but i think sometimes i could maybe force the pace a bit more because i've got the energy energy to do it um, but yeah no the, the longer rounds are uh, yeah are much better I, I think i think my next fight is probably going to be another six rounder just because of the as uh, a cost factor i'd be boxing my last two fights i probably would have boxed eight rounders had it not been a cost factor of course yeah no you're boxing the same sort of opponent but one's costing you like three and a half grand and one's costing you 2600 quid or something you know yeah and And i just can't justify spending three and a half grand um well it's not even justified i don't think i can afford it you know you've got to sell like a silly amount of tickets and then you're not getting paid so if you're fit you know you know that you can and you know you can do the rounds, then you, you do your six rounders for your experience or whatever, and then you, you go on to your eliminators for titles if you qualify for them or for your big domestic clash or, or whatever. And I, I, tr- I trust Steve. Steve's got a good management plan. And I've asked him a couple of times, oh, let's do, um, let's jump on to eight rounds. And he goes, hey, you're fit enough to do eight rounds. You're fit enough to do ten rounds, you know. But there's no need because you can just spend extra money that you don't need to spend. So he advises us quite wisely on, on, on career moves, you know. He wants us to just position ourselves to, so that we we can go for the, the best thing at the best time, you know. Yeah. Who would uh, who would you say the toughest road warrior would be that you've been in the ring with so far? Um, my last fight, I lost two rounds, but he wasn't the toughest. I was, I really wasn't phased. He just tried harder, but I thought I won every round. But Bob said um, one of the rounds was a bit tit for tat, and then the other, like, could have gone the other way. And then I, I lost one round. I actually looked back, and I think, yeah, I did lose one of the rounds. Uh, like after what having watched it back, I, I could see that I um, I didn't um, work enough. Even though I landed probably the better shots, I got caught with a couple of overhands that 
they didn't hurt me, so I didn't really register them as, as having landed, but they landed, you know? So, um, yeah, he, he took a couple of rounds off of me. It was a bit of a surprise. I nearly stopped him in the sixth, uh, but I think another round he was out of there. He was gone. He had nothing left in the tank, the geezer. And I was, I was you know, I was still good to go. Uh, um, no, he wasn't. I think there was a lad called Jordan Granham. Now, I, beat, I, I won every round, but... That guy got a lot more in his shed than what he, he lets out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know Jordan pretty well. I've seen him on the circuit up here in the Northwest, and you know he's fought a lot of Northwest fighters as well. And I've seen him a few times, and his record definitely doesn't do him justice as an away fighter. Like a lot of them, really. There's a lot of them like that out there, as you know. Yeah. Uh, they don't really. He doesn't really justify the the, the records. Yeah. However, but he doesn't, he doesn't like he doesn't like coming out of a fight with a mark on his face. So the minute you give him, you you, you go. To you give him a thing like, oh I'm going to get caught here it's going to be a hard night's work nah nah he'll just leave it out but he can punch he's got a good punch on him he's heavy handed he's fast and he moves well you know the, if you watch his debut against William Warburton he, he you know he was looking to be a good prospect so you know I know he changed from being a, a home fighter to a road fighter but that boy's got and uh, a lad called Arvid Astrizno he was pretty decent he um, he just had a guard you couldn't get through didn't really throw much but he had a really good guard and uh, a lot of ring craft so it wasn't one he would really stop but uh, yeah those those two probably but I think out of all of them notably the best boxer has been Jordan Granham uh, I could see it in the way he moved and everything kind of at stages like I wanted him to open up more because I wanted everything to come back from him do you know what I mean because yeah. I wanted to feel everything he had you know and a couple of times he, he did and, and we traded a few blows and stuff but then he, he went back to doing what he does and it was like it's good to see what you know I still think I I could beat someone like that, even when they're out for the win. But a fighter would say that, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, but, I think a lot of them do. <laughs> but, but I definitely think there's a lot of people he, he could uh, he could beat. I'm going to ask you uh, another question about your career. Obviously, now I was talking about your record and obviously being nine and zero now, and you fought twice 2018, uh, but you was quite active the year before. Uh, was there a reason why you wasn't yeah. as active in 2018? Yeah. I, I won't delve into it, uh, delve into it too much. Um, I had a lot of personal issues going on. Okay. A, a lot of things going on at home, and um, didn't know if I was even going to fight at all this year. Uh, well, last year in 2018, I didn't didn't know if I was going to fight at all because um, of things going on. I want I wanted to. I, I'd love to have fought five times, but then it looked like I was. Then I came back and I, and I fought Jordan and things good, and then something well my engagement ended and I sort of went off the track a little bit and. Uh, yes, uh, I boxed again. I, I called Steve up because I knew I was going going a bit south of everything. So I called Steve up and I got Steve get me a fight sharpish. Um, I've not, um, you know, obviously broken up with her, with the ex and gone a little bit south of everything. So uh, I need I need a fight. I need a focus. I need to get back into it. Um, before the reason I didn't fight, I won for not for my sake, but for someone else's privacy. I, w I won't say anything, but um, wasn't able to, wasn't going to be able to fight because I didn't even know if I could train because of things going on at home because uh, of their health and stuff. So, yeah, no, it's, it's been a bit of a stressful year. Uh, and then I was scheduled to fight in December and I got the flu and I rang Steve up. And I was like, Steve, I'm not really feeling right at all. Sure, as I said it, two days later, I was, um, I was, I was gone. I, I rang up my coach and I couldn't even, I had no voice to really speak. Uh, coughing out all sorts of green and yellow it was horrible I can't, can't box uh, and I rang Steve and he goes it's not worth risking the road I was going to box a lad called Angel Emelov 
and uh, he's a tough customer. He's, although he doesn't win much, he uh, he comes and comes and comes and comes and comes. And when you're when you're sick, it's not the ideal kind of opponent. And I thought my when I boxed Andre Moravec um, in my last fight, I was ill. I cut, I, I, when I did my weight cut, I didn't do it properly. I um, cut too much fat out of my diet, and I got if you don't eat enough fat, you get exposed to viruses and stuff. So I got ill as a result, and um, I fought in my second pro fight boxer, a lad called uh, Ivan Duvancic. And um, yeah, I had flu then as well when I boxed him. And although I won both the fights on points, I believe that me feeling fresh would have had them out of there, no problem. You know, I'd have stopped these two boys without really any any fuss, any dramas. So when it comes to doing another fight and not feeling 100%, I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to go and put a dishonest poor performance and get, you know, get another win just cruising through a fight because people are paying good money to come and see me good money come and support me you know as much as i want my career to progress i've also got to give them what they're paying for and if i'm if i'm sick you know not only can i risk throwing away the o but i can um i can just go in there and put on a shit performance and just sort of ruin the whole thing the whole experience for them as well you know on on small hall shows they're out they're out to support you not to see the top of the bills or anything unless you've got a tv fighter on fighting on a small hall because people don't know small hall fighters other than their friends and following or people within the boxing circuit 2019 then adrian let's talk about it you've talked about how your career's gone so far you've talked about obviously 2018 not being the greatest of years and you know everybody has personal problems at some point in their life and you know it's held you back a little bit uh, you know because of it but 2019 it's a new new year now and ideally how many fights would you want to see yourself in this year you know would you be looking at four or five fights again and maybe even looking at uh, maybe looking at trying to push on for you know if you can even an area title by the end of 2019 area or above you know um I, i'd fight you know i'm i'm game uh, i'll fight for area english whatever opportunity comes about i know they're both 10 round belts so if i can get my, my rankings gone down quite a bit i was ranked in top 20 uh, not top 20 i was ranked in the top 30 um i found like 25th at one point or 26th at one point and um yeah uh, my inactivity pushed me right back down so I need to get active, I need to get fighting, push myself back up to where I should be in amongst it all and get myself in a, in a title contention position for, uh, for, for either Southern Area or, or in English. If I don't win one this year, I'm going to have to... Uh, this, like I'm gonna have to reconsider, um, not not reconsider my career as a whole, but I've really got to think about what I'm gonna do next with boxing because I, it's my fourth year as a pro, and uh, you know I want to go on and I want to win things and I want to earn money out of boxing. I don't I do it out of the love, but I want to get paid. I want to earn, earn a good living out of it. I want to be able to retire comfortably and everything. I think we all want that. So I've got to make I've got to make something happen this year. Um, yeah, so I think my next fight would be obviously a bit of a tune-up against someone, someone tough, someone tougher than what I fought before. Um, but yeah, yeah, be a, an, another probably another tune-up, uh, and then we're going to look at either fighting eliminators for whatever, or uh, just push on towards whatever whatever's out there. I mean, if Steve thinks is I'm, I'm half French, so if Steve thinks it's a good idea to look at going down the French route, we can look at that um, fighting for a French title. Or uh, if he wants to, uh, if he if he thinks it's a good idea to uh, 
look at, you know, I know there's like WBC something, IBF something, WBO, WBA, whatever. You know, I mean, like Conor Ben basically mm. felt against that. You know what I mean? Our, mine was an international challenge belt. His was a WBA continental, but the calibre of opponent was the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, 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 so it just depends what where we end up this year, but I've got to fight for something, you know. It's, uh, I wanted to fight Conor Ben, but I, I got quite a, a good bit of feedback on, um, on, on social media had like a hundred retweets and five thousand views on a little video i posted thought maybe it gets something but he just applied on instagram oh i'm a different league i'm a different breed and i was like i oh, will fight me then but i got no response so that's that's clearly not going to happen so yeah no now i've just got to focus on um on pushing myself up the rankings and, and looking at what's out there at welter or super welter i can do both the weight so whatever weight is uh is best for me steve will even put me up for it I can make welter and I feel strong at super welter so uh, yeah something's got to happen here and I, I, I see I've not stopped training since boxing day I've trained every day uh, some days three times a day I, I am really coming at this year hard I want to be as active as possible um, and I want to try and fight four or five times you know, uh, any less is just not enough uh, if, if I'm going somewhere with this which I believe I can any less isn't in, you know isn't enough I I understand it, Adrian. I really do. And obviously, there's guys like yourself that are out there that, you know, you're 9 and 0 now. You, you kind of, there's this anticipation at this stage of your career to sort of push on and move on and look for them, you know, the sort of Southern Area titles or English titles. Or, like you said, you're half French. There's a possibility to stake a claim for a French title. So, there's a few opportunities there that should really, you know, present themselves at, at some point, hopefully in 2019. And I, I, know, yeah. I know Steve, and I know obviously what he does with his fighters. He does a brilliant job you know in kind of putting him down the right path but obviously it's hard you know he's got such a stable of fighters that he's got to accommodate that I, I can appreciate yeah. I appreciate that he's got to kind of he's got to keep pushing the right people in the right direction at the right time and obviously he's got a difficult job in doing that but for you uh, this year is about getting back in getting back to consolidating and then pushing on by the end of 2019 and I think it leads me nice yeah. it leads me nicely on Adrian really to sort of come towards the end and and, and find out about like sponsorships and I don't know whether you've got them uh, or whether you don't but if you do give them a shout out make sure you let them know who they are definitely I'm very very grateful to have Andrew's construction recruitment uh, sponsoring me I also have Forest Freight Limited sponsoring me and One Diamond Empire uh, sponsoring me and without without their help this would be a hell of a lot harder I mean I, I work sort of not quite full time and that's thanks to thanks to the sponsors that give me a, a break financially that you know and, and also help with the ticket sales so that I get on the bills without them um, this, this career is uh, it's a difficult one I don't know if it'd be possible in the way it is without them um, so I'm very very grateful thank you and where can anybody who may be looking to sponsor a fighter in the southern region where can they find you on social media so on Instagram it's Adrian Martin one and on Twitter one Adrian Martin and on Facebook just Adrian Martin drop me a message I'll reply brilliant so final thoughts then for for 2019 if you think about it in your mind now just give me a one-shot answer where would you want to be at the end of 2019 
Southern Area or English champion, no less. Fair play. I, I really hope that you you get the fights that you're looking for. I really hope that it comes off, and maybe you will get you know a big domestic fight coming up towards the end of the year. And it's been a pleasure to get you on the show, and it's been a pleasure to hear about your story going into boxing, the amateur route, the university side of things. You know everything that you do. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, and I really appreciate your time, Adrian. Thank you very much, John. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. So there you go, another episode of One to Watch with Adrian Martin. Seems like a genuinely great guy to speak to, a genuinely down-to-earth guy who just wants to succeed in boxing like they all do. So if you've really enjoyed the episode, make sure you let Adrian know your thoughts on his story. Follow him on social media. For us, you know where to find us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod, on Facebook, BTR Boxing Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcast or subscribe on Podbean. Or you can listen to the podcast on the YouTube channel, Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat. We are on all available podcasting apps. And all that I ask for delivering this content is that you go on, you rate us, you review us, you subscribe, and you share the episodes around social media. That is all. So, guys, I really hope you've enjoyed it. Leave us some feedback. Let us know. Enjoy it, fight fans. Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.